0: What's happening, everybody? On today's show, we're going to hit on all the big stories going around the SEC, including Hugh Freeze getting hired at Auburn, Lane Kiffin getting a big, fat contract extension. We'll preview the SEC championship game between LSU and Georgia. Some news over Kentucky as they make a change on their coaching staff, transfer portal madness, and a couple guys declaring for the NFL draft. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are
1: locked on SEC your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference.
0: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah, what is happening, everybody? Welcome to Locked on SEC. It's great to have you guys along. This episode is brought to you by Sling TV. Don't miss this week's matchup between LSU and Georgia right here on Sling. Sling the TV you love for a price you'll love. Try it today. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Remember, Locked on SEC is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and at lockedonsec.com. Without further ado, every week around this time, we catch up with our buddy Chris Marlar from the College Football Uncensored Podcast. Marler, the regular season is over. Sad face.
1: Sucks, man. Yeah, just went by so quickly.
0: It um it, it did. It always does and again, before we know it we'll be into uh the start of uh, you know, uh talking season. But but look, with the transfer portal and uh, the early signing period, and all that. There really is constantly something going on to talk about. Yeah. And I think we're going to see the transfer portal carry over again into the spring. And we're going to have people who lose battles in, in spring games transferring again. And so there really is going to yeah. be a lot of madness to, uh, to discuss. But let's jump into it. The big news of the week, Marler. We had an, a head coaching opening in the SEC, and it got filled. Hugh Freeze, head coach of Auburn, when you heard the hiring was official, what'd you think?
1: Okay, so several things here.
0: And and
1: I know that, that I, I knew he was polarizing. I didn't realize how polarizing he was. Just full transparency, as somebody that grew up as a Bama fan and, and knows the stereotypes of how most all I feel like most Auburn fans can be, which is, you know, like we don't winning's not the most important thing. We don't it's a, we're a family. There's all these like other things that they value and like and they love to like pat themselves on the back about like they're like a a, like a non-virgin version of of Texas A&M. It's like it's a little culty um and and like they, they they wear it as like a badge of honor in terms of how different the university is. There's not a person that that is more like Auburn than Hugh Freeze, I think it, like in the country. He's like like he's like if Auburn came to life. Like a little bit of like it's like somewhat um sleazy, but also southern, like probably, you know, like a Baptist preacher of some sort, or maybe just like the greeter at the front. Uh <laughs> and there's like something like charming about him, but also like let's something pass, you know is let's like pass around that collection plate, you know? Yeah, like you know something below, like beneath the surface is not right, like it's like not as um as up to snuff, I think, as he's, he's trying to portray. But it's like it also here's the bottom line: all the stuff that, that happened, I'm not the 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 dm is the one that stood out the most to me like marriage infidelity all that kind of stuff i'm not here to judge you like you know divorce rates are crazy anyway like do you Hugh? but like everyone makes mistakes all that he's he's hired to win football games he's hired to be a, a football coach and i was a little bit surprised at how many people were coming at him from like the the moral standpoint for sure but like i think i think it's like you know i thought he nailed the press conference i think he's gonna be a great fit
0: yeah, I mean, the, the, the reality is, if we're just talking on the field, X's and O's, like, it, Hugh Freeze is a great college football coach, and I think he's going to have great success there once he starts to build things at Auburn, but uh, again, it's the other part. Stay clean off the field, and it's not like it was, look, right. there there was bad stuff, there was, I mean, they paid Laramie Tunsil's mom's electric bill, like, let's be real, it it's like, like 800 bucks, right? Yeah, like, come on. That is nothing compared to what other schools have done throughout the past. But the good news is NIL is legal now. So that one's out the window. The infidelity thing, to me, like, that's more between him and his wife and his family. I know you're supposed to be the, the face of the, the school and the leader of, of men and all that. But at the end right. of the day, you know how many football coaches are, have infidelity issues with their wives and we don't know yeah. about it? Like, that stuff to me was kind of whatever. To me, it was the one like you said, the DM, dude, stay out of any yeah. kind of investigations of whatever. Yeah, just believe women. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean like,
1: it, I, I will say this too. It was okay, so I was gonna say like the the thing that was funny for me to watch this because I've made a bunch of friends of like Auburn Twitter people and they, they've been talking about this, you know, thing with Harson like all year. It's been wildly entertaining. But to watch the like the ups and downs that they went through in just seven days of like, we're gonna get you. And we're, I'm sorry, we're going to get Lane. We're going to also raid, you know, Ole Miss's entire roster. Judkins is coming to to Auburn, like, like all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, it's it's Hugh, and so we always wanted Hugh. And like, th- there was this very weird division between like the fans last night when they were talking about, it, which was like, you know, you better get on board, all right? Like this is we got to support this university. And I was like, you guys just fired a guy that you refused to support, like from from day one. And the irony of the like making up a story about someone cheating on their wife to try and get a coach fired and then hiring somebody that did cheat on their wife, like 11 months later is not only like ironic, it's hilarious. And it just Hugh freeze and Jimmy rain. Those are the two biggest comeback stories of, of the decade.
0: And by the way, Auburn has put in their uh, in his contract a social media policy where I think they're gonna they're saying we're gonna handle his Twitter and stuff. You're not allowed to even access it or something like that. Yeah. But um, it'll be interesting to see how this how this thing happens. And and again, I, like you said, I mean, I, I think he's gonna hit the ground running. And uh, he made the biggest move he he could in terms of recruiting, and that was keeping Cadillac Williams. It feels a little weird, like a little dirty, because I I thought, like, look, you could do a lot worse than hiring Cadillac and and going and getting him some big-name coordinators. It just felt weird seeing him so on board with with Hugh, because you know, somewhere deep down, the past couple weeks, he's been like, man, I hope I can get this job. Yeah.
1: No, like, and that part, too, is kind of weird, because, like, the the dream team and, like, you know, that – that people think, I think Auburn fans thought they were going to put together. It looked like it was very like cordial and amicable today. Like they they seem to have gotten along. And like I, I listen, I think Auburn's a place that you you do have to believe and buy into all their shit. Uh, excuse my language, but like like all of like the the unique things that you know the creed and and like you know we'll fight until the end, war eagle anyways. Like they don't they don't get as upset as most fan bases like after losses. They just the effort is what they're they're looking for. And being an Auburn man. I, Hugh was like right. He just embodied all that. Like, I don't, I'm not sure if it's a really a compliment, but like these two, if they can somehow work together and there's not like, you know, butting of heads or, or like any kind of resentment, which is a natural feeling. If, like, if you got passed over for it, I, they could do some damage, man, especially on the recruiting trail.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, obviously, there's a connection there with the players with with Cadillac, and and um, I mean, let's let's be real—a uh, younger African American assistant coach that a lot of these players yeah. uh, relate to, and and you know. Uh, is closer to their age and way more relatable than, like you said, the, the 50-year-old uh, white coach who, you know who's coming from Liberty. I mean, I don't know if he'll be as relatable. But, no, I mean, I mean the, the the X's and O's, like, on the field. Robbie Ashford, him being so excited about the hire, that right there, like, he seemed to get better as the year went along. I thought he yeah. he played his ass off as well as he could in, in the Iron Bowl. It's a tough ass going up, mm-hmm. up against Bama's defense. And, and he made some plays. I think, uh, man, I, I think Auburn can hit the ground running next year. Um, and maybe maybe not as much as what Brian Kelly yeah. just did in year one, but I think I think Auburn can have success in year one.
1: There's potentially 40 open spots on that roster because of the the mass exodus and the, and the lack of recruiting. Just throwing that out there. Like, there's there's still all the concerns they had. I'm not saying it's to be negative because, like, it, it, I, I've said this before. I went to Auburn a couple weeks ago for the first time. It was a, a blast. I had much more fun there than I did in Tuscaloosa, even as a Bama fan. But, like, there's there were some some concerns. I remember good media days. We were talking about this with like Lance, a couple guys. They were saying it's not this year; it's the roster going into next year. That's it, that's the concern. Like even if he gets through this year, there's so many concerns about like the depth and, and the roster talent like going into this upcoming year. But I have a doubt that he'll be able to recruit and you know and like the immediate impact is the thing. I didn't realize that. Like he kind of patted himself on the back that that he's not only is he being able to turn programs around, but like right off the bat. And like you look at Arkansas State. 15 straight years without a winning record before he got there. He wins 10 games year one. Goes to Ole Miss. They, they were coming off of, you know, like a, a stretch where they had, I think it's six losing seasons in the previous eight. Um, they, you know, they literally only beaten Bama twice in like 21 years. They lost to Mississippi State three straight years. They were just a bad football team. And I think in the eight-year stretch before he got there, they went um, 0-8 in conference. Or they had one loss or zero, or I'm sorry, one win or zero wins in conference play. In four of those years. Like half the, they were awful. He ends up going, you know, winning record in year one and then goes a uh, nine, ten wins after that and wins the sugar bowl.
0: So how about this for Auburn next year? They open with UMass, that's one and oh. Then they're at Cal. That's a 50-50 game, home for Sanford. That sucks. Then they're at AM, home for Georgia, bye week, at LSU, home for Ole Miss, home for Mississippi State, at Vandy, at Arkansas, home for New Mexico State, and then home for Bama. That like when I just look at that schedule, that's a daunting schedule for next year. And so maybe maybe six and six would be a a good start for you, Freeze.
1: I just you know they keep that same energy for Hugh. I'm, I'm the biggest triumph for everyone outside of Auburn now that this search is over is that we don't have to hear anything else about we're three and sixteen. We still have the stadium, dude. I mean, like that's that's the kind of <laughs> fan base we are. And this is this has been the best job of coaching. Will Herring's video was
0: anyway it was interesting all right well let's talk about the guy who turned down auburn uh reportedly in lane kiffin we'll get to that just a second with our buddy chris marler from the college football uncensored podcast but first this episode is presented by our friends over at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. You get all the latest odds and trends for every pro and amateur league out there. they got all the football games. Obviously, all the bowl game, or the uh, championship games happening this weekend. Then we're into bowl season. They'll have all the bowl games. They've got college basketball up as well, so we're starting to get in the thick of that with the SEC. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. They're the fastest and easiest way for you to get your betting fix. Head on over to their website today you can do so on your mobile device and learn more it is bet online it is where the game starts on well, along here locked on sec and marla i want to get to we're going to get to the sec championship game in just a second but first uh The reports were that Auburn was targeting Lane Kiffin. He was their number one choice. Uh, Hugh Freeze was number two. Sounds like sometime last week Lane was entertaining the idea and then kind of turned it down and and decided not to. Today he gets uh, a $9 million a year uh, raise. They add another year onto his contract. I still have talked to Ole Miss fans over the last few days who are very – iffy on on lane i mean he's gonna have to earn the respect back of a lot of those fans who didn't like him flirting with auburn
1: i mean yeah like that, that's like i feel like we just kind of give people a pass like jimbo used to do that when he was at florida state like every off season this would happen and that's like that sucks like I, we, I was talking to one of my buddies michael Luger, about this and he's he's a student at, at ole miss and he was like we're giving you everything you asked for they like accidentally raised over over like $13 million for the NIL just out of panic. Like they, that wasn't even planned. They were just like, we got to show them what we want. Like So, that, you know, when you put out that much effort, you expect to have some commitment back. Or and I tell you what, if you don't get that, if you don't get like a firm like verbal commitment or, or like like action, you better be winning football games. You can't be going up to Arkansas and, and, you know, a week removed from being the number 11 team in the country and be down 42 to 6 in the fourth quarter. Um, I don't know how he was able to do this but he went one and four to close out the year. And he somehow seems like the hero going into the off season, which is just a <laughs> phenomenal power move from him. And it's, I, you know, it's, it's so weird to look at lane and he's, he's been like, he's obviously grown up a lot. He's not the same person he was like a decade ago, but Lane Kiffin used to be like Dabo or, or like urban Meyer, like everyone hated Lane Kiffin in the sec. And now he's like untouchable. it's, it's, it's great to see that he's, Finally reciprocating like some of the uh, love I feel like he gets from, from places.
0: Yeah, and it, it'll be an interesting offseason. Quick note on Ole Miss, they've got to improve that defense. They are a far cry yeah. from the Shark defense, and we were tricked a little bit with that weak-ass schedule they played for the first <laughs> half of the season. But, man, down the stretch, the schedule gets tougher, and uh, they gave up a ton of points and and a lot of losses mounted. All right, yeah. let's get into a marler The SEC Championship game this weekend in Atlanta, it is – uh, LSU versus Georgia, and obviously the luster a little bit off of LSU after losing to a inexplicably this past weekend. But nonetheless, it is still an SEC title on the line, and this line has been moving. Bet on line, it is up to 17.5 now in favor of the Georgia My Bulldogs goodness. in Atlanta. You got an early thought on this one? It's not going to be a fun game.
1: You know, you know what I didn't know until today, uh, Braden Gall told me this, you know that only two times in the thirty years they've played this game, it's been within three points.
0: Wow, a lot of blowouts. Yeah, it's like not
1: a lot of close games. I don't. I don't a lot of blowouts. Only seven have been within a touchdown or less. I I kind of expect that to be the case, just because I think that once Kirby's like kind of shown like last year and, and I think this year that he's got he doesn't really show everything he has to throughout the season. Like he's really good at, at big picture stuff and planning where they they will unveil a lot of wrinkles even, um, you know, in game 13 this Saturday that they, that they haven't put on tape yet. And so I think, you know, LSU's been a great story. I don't know what the hell happened in College Station. Uh, that, was, that was tough. Um, but I will say that, like, it doesn't take away from the, the accomplishments of Brian Kelly in year one. You still get to the SEC championship. And, listen, you also can't count them out in terms of Brian Kelly's one of the best coaches in the country you still have a lot of talent. So if they if they play like they had been against Ole Miss and and, and Bama like when they kinda caught fire for this like little stretch of the season, they definitely have a chance. But if they do what they did at Arkansas, like or you know, God forbid what happened in college station, it's gonna be over by halftime.
0: Yeah. And and that's what I said. If LSU plays like they did against Florida or Alabama this year, they'll have a chance. If Georgia plays like they did at Kentucky two weeks ago if Georgia plays like they did in the first half right. against Georgia Tech last week, and I get it, like maybe the schedule yeah, was just wasn't sexy for the dogs and maybe they just lost interest and maybe they'll be up for this one. Uh, some interesting numbers in this in, going into this game, Myler. Uh Kirby smarts 0-2 in his career against LSU. Granted, those were both Ed Ogeron teams. You always bring of, that up. And one of those had, uh, had Joe Burrow on it. But how about this? This is Kirby's fifth trip to the SEC title game. He's won once. And that was his second season yeah. in 2017. Like this is Yeah. Like people are saying like, oh, maybe this doesn't mean much to, to Georgia because they know they're in the playoff no matter what. No, the hell with that. Kirby needs this. Kirby needs that SEC championship mm-hmm. on his resume because look, for the longest it was he was a very good coach but not a great coach. You finally break through and win the national championship last year. You still didn't win the SEC. So, like, I think he's got to add no. to that resume. You got boat raced. Yeah, he's got to add to that resume and he's got to win this game.
1: Yeah, it's it's been kind of amazing to watch. I, I I still think George is the best program in the country. I think he's the best coach in the country, even over Saban right now. But there is something to be said for the fact that like they've been in this building in particular, and I don't care what happened against Oregon, it, they have they have not fared well in that that specific building a lot, especially under Kirby Smart. Um, and you know I don't know if that if that happens this weekend, but it's funny to watch just how like how quickly the narratives have changed now that George is like you know on, on top. Um, because it's so easy, just you know, we we didn't, we didn't want to go to that bowl game. We didn't want to go to the SEC championship. We didn't care about that. And It's like, man, I've I've been in this state and around these fans for 30 years. Before that, it that's a bold boldface lie. So Saturday should matter. I think it will. But I I will tell you that if they lose, immediately they'll say it didn't matter.
0: Let's talk a little bit about the playoff rankings, Marler, because we we know kind of how it sits. I mean, if Georgia wins or loses, it feels like they're in they're in the playoff at this point. Yeah. Um, but let's talk a little bit about Alabama. I mean, it, it sets up an interesting situation. If USC loses to Utah on Friday night and TCU loses to Kansas state on Saturday, that's going to open up two spots. You would presume Ohio state moves back up cause their one loss was just this past weekend right. in Michigan. But I think that opens the door for Alabama and there's been some debate with Tennessee fans on, Oh, we should be ahead of Alabama and all this. But I just feel like that committee, they're not supposed to worry about this but I think if they look at it and go Hendon Hooker's out and we could put Bryce Young and Will Anderson and Alabama in the playoff, I, just, I think they're going to take that into, into account. Alright, it looks like we uh, lost Marler there. So, tell you what, we'll grab a quick break. We'll come back and continue the conversation right here on Locked on SEC. But first, I want to remind you about our friends over at the Tax Act Texas Bowl. Houston's biggest college football event returns December 28th with the Tax Act Texas Bowl. Do not miss out on your chance to be a part of the passion, the pageantry, and the fun as the college football season draws to a close with the Big 12 taking on the SEC in a primetime showdown at NRG Stadium with conference bragging rights on the line. Tickets going sale Sunday, December 4th, at TaxActTexasBowl.com. But you can visit the site today and join the priority wait list now to get your first chance to buy tickets and exclusive discounts. TaxActTexasBowl.com. Tailgating, live music, great food and drinks, and the spirit and energy that makes college football so much fun will be on full display for a fantastic night of college football. It's December 28th in prime time at NRG Stadium. TaxActTexasBowl.com for all the details. And go sign up for that priority wait list. That's TaxActTexasBowl.com all right roll along here locked on sec we'll see if we can uh, connect back with our buddy uh, chris marler but uh, let's jump into it let's go around the conference plenty of news to discuss boots out
1: to the right makes the handoff
0: around the conference. And we go to Kentucky as they fired their offensive coordinator, Rick, Rich Scangarello, after just one season. At the start of the year, a lot of people thought it could be Kentucky beating out Georgia for the East. Uh, Wildcats' defense obviously had some bumps in the road throughout the year, but this offense with Will Levis, uh, they struggled at times. The Kentucky scored a combined 26 points in three losses to the top of the SEC East, Georgia, Tennessee, and South Carolina. And they scored just 21 in a loss to Vanderbilt. I think that one was the breaking point. And uh, Tuesday morning, the Wildcats fired Scangarello after a disappointing one season in Lexington. Kentucky finished the regular season ranked 107th in total offense, 105th in scoring offense, 109th in rushing offense, and 88th. Passing offense. So, uh, to say they underutilized Will Levis's talents, uh, say the least. Uh, obviously, they had some issues with the offensive line throughout the year as well, protecting Will Levis. Chris Rodriguez was good once he got uh, once he got going, but uh, a, a change in Lexington already with Rich Gangarello out. Uh, we mentioned it earlier with Marler, but news out of Oxford is Lane Kiffin. Agreed to a new contract with Ole Miss. A season that had uh, rumors about where's Kiffin gonna go and all this. Uh, was he gonna take the Auburn job? He's now set for six years with a rollover to seven, averaging around nine million dollars per season. So Lane Kiffin, moving on. We have got some more transfer portal news happening. As we got some new new some new names in the portal, Missouri has thrown in defensive lineman Travion Ford announces he is going into the transfer portal. Uh, Zach Lovett, their linebacker, he's going into the portal. Uh, We already mentioned Dominic Lovett, their wide receiver, going into the portal. And uh, Tyler Macon, backup quarterback, is heading in the transfer portal as well for uh, Missouri. Other guys that have entered the portal, Arkansas defensive back Kari Johnson, defensive end Eric Thomas, tight end Aaron Outley, they join... Miles Slusher and Malik Hornsby, who recently entered the portal. Malik Hornsby, the big one, uh, backup quarterback there at Arkansas. And a lot of people are going to be interested in his talents. At so Texas A&M, wide receiver Chase Lane. He entered the tra- or announced he's entering the transfer portal. Uh, Ole Miss, we talked about it earlier in the week, quarterback Luke Altmaier. And, of course, Alabama, a couple names in the past few days. And Trey Sanders at running back and defensive back Kyrie Jackson entering the portal. Over at Arkansas, they brought in Jaden Hazelwood from the transfer portal from over at Oklahoma, Uh, and Hazelwood is moving on after one season. He announced on Monday he will be entering the NFL draft. He wrote a note to Arkansas fans, said, I came here this year. It's turned into one of the best decisions I've ever made. I want to say thank you to my family for their constant support. I look forward to everyone's continued support. It's time for me to open up the next chapter in this story I'm officially declaring for the 2023 NFL Draft, thank you, and Woo Pig. So give going to be some interesting names uh, to, to keep an eye on and guys who uh, can declare for the NFL Draft uh, in the from the SEC this year and going to make that leap to the next level. Well, one and done in Fayetteville. Jaden Hazelwood is moving on. And there you have it. That is the latest news going on around the conference. And now I think we got our buddy Chris Marler back in here. As we uh, start to wrap things up, uh, Marler, welcome back. I know you went into technical hell there.
1: Yeah, there is uh, some terrible storms over here, so I apologize. <laughs> but um, yeah, so what, what were we talking about?
0: <laughs> real, real quick uh, before we we let uh, we we lost you, uh, making the case should Alabama or not, you know, make the college football playoff over Tennessee in a scenario where if USC and TCU both lose, we know Ohio State's sitting right there ahead of Alabama, but. You know, I keep yeah. thinking if Bryce Young and Will Anderson are there and they're willing to play, if they Bama makes the playoff, I think Bama would be an attractive team there. Although some Tennessee fans are saying, just because we lost Hendon Hooker, we beat Bama head to head, we should be in.
1: Yeah, so like I, I think that there, the truth is somewhere in between. Like now, I I think it makes sense that Bama's ahead of Tennessee despite the loss. Like it doesn't take the loss away or the 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 win away from Tennessee. It's just. You're moving towards the end of the season, towards the playoff itself, where like teams are separating themselves, and injuries do matter. Trust me, they really fuck, they really matter. I almost almost had to bite my, bite my tongue there, but uh, they really matter, especially in the playoff. So it doesn't diminish anything that Tennessee did. It's the fact that we're now late in the year, and you don't look like you did in October. For one, and two, yeah, it was a great win. You won by three points, but you just lost to an unranked team by over four, like by four touchdowns. To compare that, like, Bama's lost to one unranked team in their last 113 games. And it was against AM last year by three points in the last play of the game. I, I just think it's, it, it really is a moot point of the way. Bama does not deserve to be in the playoff. They do not deserve to be in the playoff. I don't think they're good enough to be in the playoff. And if I'm being really honest, even as a Bama fan, I don't want them to make the playoff because I don't want to see them lose to Georgia for a second straight year and have to, like, hear that and become, like, for real. Like, I, I don't want to see that. Like, and that will happen. Um. So, yeah, like, I, I think, the other part of it, too, though, is people don't want to admit because this whole Bama bias and the, the committee's putting in there. I don't know who has a better resume, like, top to bottom, the strength of schedule. I understand that, like, they don't have the best win. They do. The best one was at Texas, and it was one point, and And I understand that Quinn years is out, but that's their best win, and I don't know what else to say about that. Like, it just – I don't think that Bama is going to I – think, I think that Twitter will explode for one, and – Georgia fans, Ohio State fans, and a lot of other fan bases will riot. Joel Klatt especially will riot if if Bama somehow gets it. But they do not deserve to be in.
0: Well, and and the other thing is, too, if we're talking bowl projections, the latest bowl projection is is predicting Alabama to go to the Sugar Bowl and play Kansas State. I've heard from some Alabama fans saying, though, that that may not be the best scenario because basically you're projecting if they go to that game – Will, Will Anderson's not going to play. Bryce Young's not going to play as they prepare for the draft. Kansas State, it's going to be their Super Bowl. Like, Deuce Vaughn yeah. is going to, they're going to show up and show out those fans and they're going to beat Jalen Milrow in Alabama. And they're going to, yeah, for sure. They're going to champion that and say, we beat Nick Saban and all this.
1: And it's it's going to turn into maybe, maybe I do want them to make the playoff because that's the worst narrative, I think, that, you know, Saban getting beat by, I guess, not Bill Snyder. I don't know who the coach is there now. Um, but yeah, like, I, I just think that. I understand, like, the fatigue of it. and I I don't feel like this is a preferential treatment thing. People just don't want to give credit to these wins. Like, you know, and they're they're, they're not dominant. They're not dominant. Like, like I, a couple of Georgia fans were saying this the other day. Like, you know, they don't have a single dominant win. Like, yeah, really, no one does, man. Against good teams, it's just y'all. It's just y'all and Michigan did it once.
0: Yeah. So. No, it really is. It's funny because I was hearing all these people debate, and it's like you go look at the resumes of a lot of these teams, it's like... Who's your best win? Like it feels like nobody's really played anybody, and and luckily Michigan no. won their biggest game, Ohio State. But we talked about it all year; they had played nobody, so it, it kind of is what it is at this point.
1: Exactly, and the Big Ten, like the the, the they had the 79th ring ranked strength of schedule going into last week, and they jumped up to thirty nine.
0: Real quick, before we let you go, I ran through some of the the news. Or, you know, Kentucky fired Rich Gangarello after one year. I think that was you had to. I mean, you underutilized yeah, Will Levis. Like Will Levis is going to go be a first round draft pick. And he's going to be a really good player in the NFL. We're going to look back and go, God, where'd that guy play college? Like, there are people who are going to say right. that and forget he played at, at Kentucky and feel like it was wasted. Jaden Hazelwood declared for the draft, so he's one and done one year at Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And then some of the transfer portal names. Uh, Dominic Lovett, obviously very surprising at, at Missouri, but uh, Malik Hornsby at Arkansas, Luke Altmyer at Ole Miss. We're going to see a lot of flip-flop in the quarterbacks in the SEC, it feels like.
1: Yeah, I know for sure. Like that is one thing it's, it's, I can't, I can't imagine having to do it if I was a coach because you just don't get a break now. It's it's just, everything's year round. Um, that being said, it's going to be really interesting. Like there's people already talking that like Sam Hartman from wake is going to enter the portal, which I didn't know he had an 18th year of eligibility for one. And then um the kid from, from UNC is like, 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 cause now like, you know, like, there's a lot of it. There's a lot of things to incentivize a, a 18 to 19 year old kid as to why he should leave whatever school he originally went to um, and, and go, like, do all the things that Jermaine Burton didn't do at Bama.
0: Yeah. If you're Drake May and George Arobama comes calling, why would you not consider it? And it's no offense to the kids that are sitting behind Stetson Bennett and Bryce Young, but, you know, if you can go get approved and look at what Caleb Williams is doing with Lincoln Riley over at USC, yeah, they're crushing it. So, uh, certainly. Um, Look, there's going to be a lot of movement. We're going to have tons of stuff to talk about. The whole college football, the whole SEC is just going to look completely different next year with with the transfer portal. It's created a, yeah. a new roster overhaul. Here's Chris Marler, College Football Uncensored. Thanks for joining us throughout the season, man.
1: Of course, man. I had a blast. I really appreciate it. I'll, uh, I'll get at you soon.
0: All right. Car, uh, college Football Uncensored podcast. Go find Marler. Thanks, man. Thank you, man. All right. That's going to do it for this edition of... Locked On SEC, again, our thanks to Chris Marler for joining us. Thank you guys for making us your first listen every day. Now you go make your second listen. Check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Chris Gordy. We will talk to you guys tomorrow right here on Locked on SEC. And don't forget, Friday's episode, we'll talk with Danny Connell. We'll talk some uh, SEC, or rather preview the SEC championship and the other championship weekend games with him, right here on Locked on SEC.